Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You need to buy the crypto now. You don't have time to waste. Any one of you can be retired from ever working a matrix job three years from now, guaranteed. Is it the future or is it a scam? Former PayPal CEO Bill Harris called the cryptocurrency, quote, the greatest scam in history, noting that it is a pump and dump scheme unlike anything the world has ever seen. Is it a signed investment or a dodgy deal? Bitcoin is going to replace fiat currencies like the dollar. Is it dark money or an enlightened way to gain personal freedom and change the world for the better? What if the parents of two young Thai children had access to a financial protocol that uses the internet that actually allows them to be more efficient than the hedge fund managers in Canary Wharf? In this episode of The Bell Tale, we talk crypto. The internet currencies which everyone talks about, but very few know anything about. I'm joined by my colleague Curtis Reed, who's been following the story. Curtis, welcome to The Bell Tale. Thank you very much. Crypto, what is it? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. Uh, crypto is really hard to sort of pin down to one really simple explanation. Um, it has so many different elements, so many different factors. I mean, the last time I checked, there's over 1,500 different kinds of actual cryptocurrencies. Um, but essentially, it's it's digital money. It's a digital currency. Um, so if you think about going to your bank, you're able to see your bank balance put in front of you, but you can actually physically hold that money in your hand one way or another. Uh, you, If you want to, you could uh, physically hold the coins and the notes with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general. You'd never be able to do that. It doesn't physically exist. It exists on a computer system. So it doesn't physically exist. It exists in a computer system. Therefore, is it real? Uh, yes, yes. It's physically not real, but uh, but it is. It's a very real thing, yeah. And there are, you know, a good lot of people who dedicate their lives to it. It's a currency. I think you used the word money. Yes. I'm not all, okay. Maybe that's a cause for debate. Uh, but what can I do with it? Now let's go through a list. Can I buy a coffee in Enniskillen with it? I doubt there'll be many coffee shops that accept Bitcoin as a form of payment in Enniskillen, but you never know. Could I buy a spring and heifer in Camelot Market with it? Um, I would seriously doubt that one. Could I buy a semi-detached in Newtonards with it? Maybe not in Newtonards, but certainly likely in Los Angeles. 
Could I buy a Glock 17 with it? And I have to say, there are other types of semi-automatic pistols available. That one is probably the most likely thing. You would probably be able to buy a, a Glock 17 quite easily with crypto if you were based in a, a place like America. That paints a certain picture. It does. It does. It really, it really, really does. Um, so I suppose like everything else, if people are willing to accept it as payment, that's what we're saying, then you can spend it. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, if you actually look at uh, who accepts crypto, it's it's really a varied bunch. So, for example, El Salvador has it as an actual official currency. Um, they accept Bitcoin as payment for goods and services. Although, according to merchants and, and people in El Salvador, almost nobody actually uses it as a form of payment. I mean, that is very interesting because I've heard people who are very much enthusiastic, especially for Bitcoin, which is the main, the most well-known uh, cryptocurrency. And they say, you, you know, El Salvador has escaped the imperialist grip of the US and the dollar. And they're using Bitcoin. Yeah. I just really wonder if the farmhand in El Salvador really would take a Bitcoin. Well, I mean, it, that's actually what crypto really relies on to be their appeal. I mean, if you, if you talk to anybody who wants to explain crypto, they'll say to you that the main thing that they love about it is that it's peer-to-peer. -peer. It's the idea that anybody can invest in it. So you just literally need any type of computer system. And I'm not talking an advanced compu computer system. I'm talking an app on your phone um, or a website. Um, and you just need to have, you know, a bank account and you can invest one pounds, two pounds, or you can invest 100,000 pounds. And like, we're not here to give financial advice. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like, uh, so <laughs> um, we we have to stress that and we have to stress yeah. that throughout this. We're not recommending this and I would like yeah. to, to, to say that. And the other caveat is, you know, anything you prepare to invest in, whether it's in green mm -hmm. or on that horse yeah. in the 650 at Haydock, Mm -hmm. Be prepared to lose it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Let me say the bit about um, the peer-to-peer -peer thing. That That's actually the main uh, appeal that people who sell crypto and are really interested in crypto actually try and put forward as their main marketing tool, which is that it's peer-to-peer. They believe that anybody can use it and anybody can invest in it. And therefore, that's why it was introduced in El Salvador um, as a piece of currency. Yeah, the idea that no matter what your job was or your social standing in El Salvador, you were able to access Bitcoin. And that, I mean, I suppose I'm jumping ahead of myself, but it's almost this anarcho-capitalist uh, way of thinking. But I know people who are very opposed to capitalism, but they somehow see that Bitcoin is a way of escaping capitalism. It seems to attract people who have an alternative view but so, but 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 a great variety of people with an alternative view. I mean, you, you made a good point there. I mean, the word crypto comes from encrypted. You know, the whole point was that it was meant to be secret, and the whole point that it was meant to cut out the middleman. So essentially, cryptocurrency involves a person investing their money, getting an instant return, and there is no decentralized system involved. So there's no bank, there's no government, there's no person to, to tell you or to approve a purchase. You can literally just make a peer-to-peer -peer payment. But if you wanted to sell me a second-hand car and I bought it and used £5 notes, mm -hmm. in a sense, there's no government involved. Now, of course, I need to transfer ownership uh, and tell the government about that. And you just wonder if what you're buying or selling is legitimate, so what is the purpose of this secret? Because, of course, 
I'm paid by the comp- this company and I pay income tax on that. I, that is declared income and I pay income tax as a citizen to the revenue. So am I being unfair there by suggesting no. we're on some sort of road we're on here? No, you're definitely not uh, you know, being unfair. You know, it's, it's a very legitimate piece of criticism um, that crypto does uh, constantly face and, and rightfully so. You know, uh, essentially the middleman was, you know, put in place uh, in finance to help regulate things. The people who enjoy crypto or are really heavily invested in it don't like the middleman. And it comes to what you were saying there, which is this anti-capitalism, you know, I think it's just a level of distrust in who that middleman was, who they, the people who invest in crypto, seen as this mysterious figure, even though crypto is a lot more mysterious than, you know, your local bank. You know, it's it's almost hypocritical that the the main things that you can easily buy with crypto are things like Rolex watches, Lamborghini cars. You know, th- those are two outlets which accept forms of cryptocurrency as payments. And there's no need to, you know, buy assets or, or trade or transfer like regular people who are invested in crypto would have to do in order to use their cryptocurrency. But, you know, they, they actually accept it as a form of payment, even though both a Rolex and a Lamborghini would be the perfect example of capitalist wealth. Let's let's bring this back to the beginning. How does it work? I mean, how do people get Bitcoin and what happens next? So in order to get Bitcoin, you can either download an app and you pay to buy Bitcoins. And how do you know who you're paying? So that's the point of crypto. So the the point is, is that, you know, you, you don't actually know um, who you're paying because it's peer to peer. So you what you do is you buy. So what you do is you buy a form of cryptocurrency, for example, Bitcoin, and that goes onto a blockchain. So if you think of a blockchain like a ginormous ledger, which has uh, a list of every single thing that you've ever purchased, but it not only has the things that you've purchased, but it has the things that every single person who has purchased with crypto. Um, and that ledger then is stored on a blockchain and everybody has access to it. Crypto experts claim that the, the blockchain is the most secure thing in the world. Um, because everybody has access to it, it means that it can't be hacked and it can't be altered or modified. And do we know where this, 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 the ultimately this computer data is stored? No, it's stored on an algorithm. So it's everywhere and nowhere at once. Do we know who began Bitcoin? No. Um, We do know the pseudonym of either the person or the people who founded it. And it's uh, Satoshi Nakimoto who founded Bitcoin in 2009. A lot of journalists have conducted many investigations in being able to find out who the mysterious founder is. It's wildly believed that it's a Japanese man who founded the company in 2009 after exploring the idea of being able to form a digital currency. So it's a company. Yeah, in a way. So Bitcoin is, is is a bit strange because Bitcoin is actually a type of cryptocurrency. So it's essentially not a ginormous company that's on the stock exchange or that you can invest money in in a, in a regular sense. It's more of the actual name of the currency. It's almost like a company being called Euro or Pound. And do we think that the people who have formed Bitcoin or run Bitcoin, because obviously, you know, we all, somebody somewhere runs Bitcoin. Do we think that they make money from Bitcoin? And when I say make money from Bitcoin, that is to say extract a hard currency that that they can spend on, for example, real estate. Do they make US dollars? 
out of Bitcoin? Well, crypto experts would say no. They'd say that that eradicates the whole idea of a blockchain. It's not actually known, though, whether or not the actual original finder or founders of Bitcoin actually have made money because of their mysterious identity. How does it increase and decrease in value? So crypto goes up and down based on its value, much like anything. Um, The more interest people have in crypto, the higher value it goes up. What they call supply and demand. Supply and demand, yeah. So, so if the demand is high, the price goes up. If the demand is low, the price goes down. Yeah. So, for example, at the moment, it's very low because uh, lots of media outlets have been reporting on the Bitcoin crash um, after. And it's not backed up by any state and it's not backed up by any precious metal or anything. Now, neither, is, neither are currencies, uh, state currencies in the modern mm-hmm. era either, if I remember my economics. Um, so that does seem that, you know, the value of a company will go up and down based on market forces and whether that company is selling the widgets that they sell. So if, there, if there's a lot of interest in widgets and they make lots of money and they post a high profit and they they can pay a good dividend to their shareholders, that's how and when normally the value will go up but they do sell widgets. Mm-hmm. So it's when we say it's not tangible, it is incredibly abstract. Yeah, it is incredibly abstract. That's the, the, the best way to describe it. I think it's, it's, it's something they use as a strength because I think you, you mentioned there are about young men who are you know heavily invested in this and, and want to get involved. I think cryptocurrency is is the perfect example if somebody wanted to live a, a Wolf of Wall Street type life, you know, and they didn't actually want to do it on the the stock market or they didn't want to invest their money in in regular things and and wait for an eventual return. Crypto is one of the few things that you can invest money in and almost see an instant return. The only problem with that is because it can fluctuate so quickly and so high can also go downwards very rapidly. But So Bitcoin actually had a high of around about $70,000 last year and I just checked before recording and right now it has uh, it's worth around about $16,800. Okay, I mean, I suppose this is the million dollar question, pardon the pun. They've invested with pounds sterling in Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency. The price goes up. Can they then sell that cryptocurrency and get their money back get their money get get more money back in pound sterling yes in a way um you you can sell your crypto uh you can sell it to a, a stable coin and then you can convert it into into money you just have to pay a transaction fee cryptocurrencies have thousands of adherents from different backgrounds, from different ideological backgrounds, and people who be- really believe that this is the future. I know many of them myself who really think that this is the best place that they can put their money in. And we've discussed the fact that um, we don't know who set this up and we don't know what their motivations, but we we know that uh, cryptocurrencies in general have a connection to the dark web and the dark things which happen on the dark web. They do. Despite that, many people will tell me, well, I don't want to invest in Lockheed Martin. Uh, For example, Lockheed Martin's an arms manufacturer for people who don't know. And if you have a pension, you have already invested in an arms company. Let's be quite clear about that. Yeah. Um, I I think it's a really interesting point. I think Overall, I think what drives crypto is FOMO, 
which is fear of missing out. I think that a lot of, especially the the people who were formerly, you know, on Wall Street or, you know, you, you see a lot of influential figures. You mentioned Elon Musk, Bill Gates, uh, the American rapper Snoop Dogg. I mean, they're all heavily invested in crypto in one way or another. And I think a lot of that has to do with a fear of missing out. I think Silicon Valley and the tech industry now relies on almost a fear, almost, you know, you miss the boat with Google, you miss the boat with Facebook, you certainly miss the boat with Apple, Amazon, and you don't want to miss out on the next big thing. Absolutely. And you want to be there with Snoop Dogg, you want to be there with Elon Musk. And I mean, you're sitting there in a bar and you're talking about, oh, I've invested in Bitcoin. Where if somebody said, well, I've invested in Smith, Klein, Beecham. It just doesn't have the same ring. Sure yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. Um, although, listen, it could all work out. We don't know. It, 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 it work, but I, I think I need to say these things now. Joe Conliffe, the deputy governor of the Bank of England, has said that crypto needs to be regulated in the UK. Well, good luck with that one. Mm. That's just not going to happen. The European Central Bank says the apparent stabilisation of Bitcoin's value is likely to be an artificially induced last gasp before the crypto asset embarks on a road to irrelevance. Well, they would say that, which is what a lot of people listening are saying. <laughs> and uh, the governor of the bank, Central Bank of Ireland, uh, Gabrielle uh, Maclouf, has said people should only put their money into crypto if they're prepared to lose it all. We've, well, we could say that about any investment. Yeah, Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. We could say that about any investment. Can I ask you, just before I move on, mm-hmm. we hear about Bitcoin mining. Yes. I can see the color draining from your face. <laughs> What is Bitcoin mining? So Bitcoin mining is, again, very, if not, it is more complicated than cryptocurrency itself. So the best way I can explain it is if you think of a physical mine, um, say a diamond mine, um, it was a person's job to be able to go into that mine, find the diamonds, and therefore they give the diamonds to somebody else. Um, a Crypto mining is almost a very similar format where it's a person's job to go out and find bitcoins. If they find the bitcoins, they get to keep the bitcoins. So therefore, they don't have to invest any money or they don't have to purchase bitcoins. They're able to just get it from mining them. But to actually mine them, you need to be able to solve very complex cryptographic hash puzzles. Now, I know that sounds incredibly complex, but... So so you're mining them, but therefore someone must have created the mine. Someone must have placed these in some part of the matrix for people to find out. I'm using the matrix. I know some. I know Elon Musk, the owner of Twitter, now uh, puts himself forward as the combating the matrix. But yeah. It almost sounds like, you know, so somebody has placed these things here and you must use electronic means and an incredible amount of power and heat, let's be honest, yes. to go and try and find these things wherever they're put on the internet. But, you know, logic dictates that if something is somewhere, then someone has put it there. Yeah, and that's true. And the person that put it there is everybody who spends cryptocurrencies or any, everybody that spends bitcoins, because what you're doing is you're mining the blockchain which we mentioned earlier, which is where all the purchases and transactions are stored. So essentially you're going into the blockchain and you are verifying people's transactions and therefore you're receiving Bitcoins for doing a good job. It comes back to this idea of everything is peer-to-peer. Uh, that sounds like you're creating something from nothing. Essentially, yeah. Now let's turn to the messiah of cryptocurrency. FXT founder Sam Bankman fried Inside a heavily secured courthouse in the Bahamas this morning, 30-year-old Sam Bankman-Fried, arrested and disgraced, was denied bail and signaled he'd fight extradition to the U.S. 
He has pleaded not guilty in a Manhattan federal court to charges that he cheated investors and looted customer deposits on his cryptocurrency trading platform. He is accused of illegally diverting massive sums of uh, customer money to make lavish real estate purchases, which does, you know, if if substantiated, would seem to be turning electronic currency into something pretty concrete. Yeah. Uh, but again. We, 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 he has pleaded not guilty on all counts. Um, who is he? So Sam Bingman-Fried is a really interesting figure. Um, as you mentioned there, he is seen as this messiah um, of cryptocurrency, despite only being 30 years old. Um, he was born in California to two notable uh, law professor parents, comes from quite an affluent background. Um, lots of people in his family are, are very heavily invested in the finance world. So Sam was essentially, in in one way you would describe as, as a nerd. He was really into maths, he was really into physics, and he later attended MIT University, which is a really prestigious university in the States. After university, he worked in finance. He was making quite a small name for himself on Wall Street and in the finance world. Um, fast forward to about 2017, Sam decides to find a company called Almeida Research. So Almeida Research was a, a quantitative trading company which specialised in crypto. Um, it was very successful. Um, it, it had an estimated worth of around about $30 million at its peak. And it was going really well. Sam was helping people invest their crypto. The company was really at the forefront of, of specialising in this brand new digital uh, currency that, that people were really getting into. Fast forward a couple of years, two years later, uh, Sam decides to find a company called FTX. Now, the important distinction here is that FTX and Almeida Research, although they share the same founder, they are two separate companies. So FTX, instead of being a quantitative trading company, was a crypto exchange company. So it specialized in allowing people to trade their cryptocurrencies or digital currencies with the company in exchange for assets. And this is where it got a little bit complicated for, for SBF. Sam had a lot of investors and in Almeida Research. And what he was actually doing, allegedly, is that he was using the money that people were investing in Almeida Research and using it to fund FTX without their permission or their knowledge. I suppose that's that's for the court to decide. Yeah. That, but what we can say is that FTX is reported to owe more than $3 billion. They were at the forefront of the Bitcoin and the crypto world. They were seen as this huge company and, and Sam Bankman-Fried was seen as this almost idol for anybody that wanted to get into crypto. At his peak, he was worth around about $16 billion. He also heavily invested in a number of charitable causes. He uh, donated uh, funds to help the Ukraine effort against Russian forces. He also heavily invested in America's Democratic Party and was said to have and was said to have planned to invest in billions in the upcoming 2024 US presidential election. He also lived in, reportedly, a very large mansion-like apartment in the Bahamas with all of his friends and enjoyed playing video games all day. I saw, I've seen this film. Yeah, uh, it's it's very nineties sitcom. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's important to remember about Sam. He was a thirty year old man. You know, he he wasn't very old. You know, and he seemed to have it all through something that. He seemed to have it all that people thought, oh, well, I, I want that life. But his fall from grace, and, he, uh, and we can say that, a fall from grace and the collapse of the company, I mean, it has dented the whole image of, of cryptocurrency and, can we say, has also severely dented 
the value of cryptocurrency. I will I will say that you know FTX was such a dominant force in the cryptocurrency world that when Sam had his downfall and FTX had its downfall, I mean, I mean it went from a billion dollar company to currently being worth nothing. It has a it has a value worth of literally zero, um, and it co- almost collapsed the entire crypto industry. Uh, Reuters called it the Bitcoin crash. The Financial Times referred to it as the Bitcoin bust. You know, this company had such a standing and Sam Bankman-Fried personally had such a, an impact on the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world that his downfall almost completely eradicated the industry. And we'll, be, we'll certainly talk again on this podcast about that court case, whenever it comes to a conclusion, I should also say that our sister podcast, The Indo Daily, has done a complete podcast on Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, so anybody who's interested can listen into that. But you've done a story, uh, Curtis, about uh, Nuri's millionaire crypto wonder kid. Us ourselves, we're getting the metaverse fund up and running to invest in the tokens. We're going to start here locally in Northern Ireland and then look for outside investment. But the, the metaverse is, you know, as an arena... It's, I think it'll be more valuable than the world that you and I are sitting in right now. Yeah, so I, I interviewed uh, Johnny McCambly. Uh, Johnny has been involved in crypto for, for quite some time now. He, he originally got into it after his cousin at a Christmas party told him that he had invested in this, this brand new and, and strange thing called Bitcoin. Now, you've interviewed Johnny. Uh, he's 24. He's the CEO of Lightning Exchange, a cryptocurrency management company. And despite the the really bad year that cryptocurrency has had, he's still full of beans and full of confidence. Yeah, he uh, he says, you know, this... You know, this can happen and rightfully so. He makes the comparisons to typical financial crashes, you know, and and the markets are always sort the markets are always able to build back. But yeah, he he refers to how this is typical in the normal world of finance and that companies are able to build themselves back. He actually makes a really interesting point that he says that people in the crypto industry use times like this, times like these. Um he actually makes a really interesting point that people in the crypto industry use times like these to develop new projects, to look at ways to build back better, to to invest, to create, and almost make it impossible Who? to happen again. Who? Mm. See, see that, that we, we're right back to the start of this conversation. I so know. if it's just and what type of product? If it's just well? here, and if it's just this thing that magically mm-hmm. appears by itself and lives on the internet, like like some sort of sentient being that is created by all of us, then who is creating? these products well a crypto expert and somebody heavily invested would tell you that it's everybody who's invested in crypto yes uh, you know somebody somewhere uh, you know somebody somewhere is, is doing this for financial gain yeah, so I mean, you know, the, a person involved in crypto would be very upfront about the fact that there are, you know, there, there are crypto management companies who obviously receive payment, um, you know, and, and that payment doesn't have to be in crypto. You know, essentially, it's the same way that you would pay an accountant to manage your money. Um, you can pay a person to manage your crypto in actual, typical, regular currency. Recognizing the enthusiasm that people have. Yeah. Uh, and again, and recognizing that people know an awful lot more about this than I do, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm just such a natural skeptic, and that's what that's that's we're journalists, we're that we're paid to be natural skeptics, and 
you know, yes, it's all of us and it's almost like this thing has evolved online by just the electrons doing their own thing. Uh, you know, I just don't believe that. Yeah. And uh, you get to the stage where you just must question, you know, uh, what's going on. And sometimes, and I, 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 I can say this in the hope of being sued. It sounds like a pyramid scheme. You know, I, I think a lot of people do have that impression and, and rightfully so. You know, it's it's something that needs to be criticised. It's something that definitely needs to be regulated more. It needs to be looked at and studied. And I think the noise around it needs to be taken away. And by noise, I mean the people who are, you know, advocating of being worth, you know, millions and millions of dollars through crypto, the people who are running around in the Lamborghinis and, and advocating that people put their life savings into a digital currency without actually knowing anything about how it physically works. You need to buy the crypto now. You do not have time to waste. Any one of you can be retired from ever working a matrix job in three years from now, guaranteed. Um, so I think you need to remove the noise around it first to actually analyze what it is. It's really interesting. Anybody that I have spoken to who is really invested in crypto or a real advocate for it always says the exact same thing, which is that people were skeptical about the internet. People were skeptical about Facebook. They were skeptical about Google when these you know, creations first appeared, you know, they always refer to how people said the internet was a fad and, you know, people wouldn't actually use it. And, you know, it was just a weird computer system that would die out in a couple of years. And they always say, look at where we are now. Yes, uh, people, when people speak to me with great enthusiasm and great encouragement about um, crypto, what they always say to me is, well, it's the future. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's this concept of the future. And it is a way that anybody can invest Anyone can really invest in, in in truth. We just don't know how. Yeah. Because a certain class of people, you know, they don't tell us mm -hmm. how they make money on the internet mm -hmm. or on the on the stock exchange. We could go and buy a book and find out. Uh, that, but that, that's another really interesting point, I think, because people actually do it because it seems, although, you know, it, from the outset, incredibly complicated. But at its core, it's essentially, you know, you download an app. You buy some Bitcoin, and that's you on the blockchain. That's you invested in and crypto. And you're, you're a player. Yeah, exactly. And that means you get bragging rights to say, I'm invested in crypto. Curtis Reed, reporter with the Belfast Telegraph. Thank you very much. This episode of The Bell Tale was produced by myself, Kieran Dunbar. The sound design was by Graham Davidson. The clips were from CNN, Channel 4, Sky, Bitcoin Magazine, The Gist, and CNBC. When you get an Irish independent digital subscription, you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips. For a limited time, you'll also receive a 75 euro O'Neill's gift card. So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish independent. Terms and conditions apply.